Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I want to talk about two Irish women who have become one of the first same-sex couples in Ireland to be recognised as parents of their children after five and a half years of campaigning. Activist and CEO of the Quality of Children, Renee von um, Medding, appeared on Wednesday in a Dublin court where her wife, Audrey Rooney, was recognised as a parent of their two daughters, Ava and Aria. And the couple's first child was born in 2016, uh, one year after the marriage equality referendum. Uh, they were married, uh, they were a married couple at the time, but only one of them was recognised as a legal parent. Tell me a little bit more about it. Is Renee who joins Hi. us on the line. Good afternoon to you, Renee. Hi, Niall. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're welcome. And congratulations, I suppose, first Thank is the, probably so the first thing to say to you. I mean, you must be feeling relieved. And I, I don't know what sort of feelings you'll be feeling at the moment, although you always knew you were both parents of the children. But to, to be recognised as parents of the children, does that make a difference and make you feel even different? It does. I mean, like, yeah, as you said, we've always been uh, parents from the day they were born. But I suppose to have it finally recognised in law and just to know that if anything were to happen to me, they're safe with their other parents. You know, it, it, as you say, it's just this sense of relief. You know, it's not necessarily celebration because it, it should have been that way from day one. Yeah. And uh, no family should ever have to fight for this. But yes, we're, we're very much relieved. Now, the Children and Family Relationships Act 2015 came into effect last May, which means that both parents can now be recorded on the children's birth certificate, ensuring that same-sex couples in the future can have the same legal rights as parents. Now, you are not the first, but one of the first. So I suppose this is applying retrospectively to you. Is that is that the way this works? Yeah, so I suppose we were able to get a retrospective declaration. And it's really important to remember that that piece of legislation actually only applies to same-sex female couples. And only if you conceive and birth your child in a very prescriptive way. So if you, you have to go to an Irish fertility clinic, your child has to be born here. You know, so if you fall well, that, that kind of, of that, rule, Well, that kind know, of rules out the other 99.9% of surrogacies, which are actually international surrogacies. It absolutely does. And, you know, it's been very much in the media this week. Um, there is no legislation when it comes to surrogacy, which, of course, affects gay dads, heterosexual couples, individuals who need to access this as a service. And um, so, so many children, be they from gay or straight parents, are still in a situation where only they have a connection to one of their parents. And this is obviously, you know, a critical issue for so many families across Ireland. And what, what is the red tape or the stumbling block when it comes to, say, two men, for example? Is it a biological thing? Is it, is it for biological reasons? So I suppose there just is no legislation when it comes to surrogacy. And for most gay dads, um, you know, just logistically speaking, they need to access the services of a sur- surrogate in order to have a biological child. Of course, adoption is open to gay men also, uh, but for the majority of, of uh, gay male couples who want to have a biological child, they access the, the services of a surrogate. And as I said, there's no legislation when it comes to that. So whether you're two men, whether you're a man and a woman, if you have used a surrogate, the only person who can actually have, bi- have a legal connection to that child is the biological father. The surrogate who gives birth under Irish law currently is deemed to be the biological mother, where we all know in most cases of surrogacy, the surrogate has absolutely no biological connection to the child. Mm. So, <clears throat> I mean, similar, I suppose, if I, I'm kind of thinking of myself in this situation because obviously I was adopted from St. Patrick's Home on the Navan Road way back in 1963. My mother was yep. the person who raised me. So it comes down to the question as to whether the mother 
or the father, as the case may be, is the person, is it nature or nurture? And I, in my thinking, it's always nurture, isn't it? It's the person who raises you as your parent or your mother or father, not the person who gives birth to you. It is, of course. And, you know, I think we, we all understand that being a parent is about much more than DNA. Um, your, as you say, your parent is, uh, and your parents are the people that raise you and care for you. And for all of these thousands of children, we are the only parents and the only families they've ever known. And um, our government needs to put in place that framework so that we can just protect our kids because that's all we want to do. You know, we're already their parents. We're already their families. We just want to be able to protect them. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there is obviously legal ramifications that if you're not the actual legal parent of the child, i.e. inheritance and i.e. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything happened to both of you at the same time, for example, exactly. there's, a, there's a problem. So that there is legal ramifications to that. And, and this legislation, of course, doesn't cover families who've had conceived their kids outside of a clinical setting, for example, at home, uh, home donor inseminations, which are still very common, I suppose, in this country, are they? Of course. And it should be an option available to anyone. You know, people should be able to choose how they want to have their children. Mm-hmm. And what have, what do you believe the objections or are there objections from society? Because in every debate, I suppose there's two sides. I mean, I think most people listening today would be absolutely delighted for you, Renee, and for you and your partner, Audrey. But yeah, but I yeah. suppose there is a section of society that will go, oh well, no, no, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's right. So what what have been the objections been that have know, hold, that have held this yeah, back, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And to people who say, you know, I don't agree with this. You know what? You're entitled to your opinion. That's all well and good if you don't agree with this. But the fact of the matter is that these children exist. It's not a theoretical debate. These children exist. And whether or not you agree with, you know, the relationship of their parents or how they were conceived, whether or not you agree, these children are here and they need to be protected. Mm -hmm. They're not just going to disappear. And children are continuing to be born this way every single day. And, you know, it's just going to turn into a bigger and bigger issue. And, you know, I suppose, you know, there are so many, there are so many arguments um, mm. for, you know, whether people are against gay marriage, whether against they're against LGBTQ people. I think we're past, that. Are we past that point. I think we're past I, that Well, do you know what? I, I think for the majority of society, do you know, I've never met someone in person who has anything but good things to say about my family, but I've met plenty of people online. So mm. I usually find... <laughs> well, they're, they're the, usually the quite anonymous, of, aren't they? Yes, exactly. In, in, in person, in real life, everyday situations, I find that people are very much in support of my family, very much in support of families who've been created through surrogacy. And really, it's just a matter of our legislation catching up with that, you know? Well, we, t- we talked the other day, uh, we were talking about parents who decide, for example, not to get married and the, the rights that they should have going forward. Now, there are complications around that when it comes to family law, etc., etc. So I suppose it is a matter of when going forward, we have all these new variations of the family, I suppose, nowadays. Exactly. And, and it's trying to legalise everything, but trying to make sure that law is not abused in any way and that morally it's still good and sound. And I suppose that's the difficulty, and that, and that's, isn't it? Yeah, that, well, that's the importance of having legislation because without legislation, you leave families open to exploitation. You leave, you, you know, you leave children open to you know, having their, their rights abused. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to have legislation in place so that doesn't happen. So we have a really robust framework through which like the child's rights are paramount and that's what we all want. 
Yeah. You know? And, and what is in place, I suppose, for children, and obviously not in your circumstance because it's yeah. a different situation, but say somebody who's using a sperm donor or, and we don't have even legislation in this country around sperm donation yet. I mean, we don't have proper robust legislation. We're really way behind when it comes to all of this, to be honest with you. Um, and they've been promising it for years. But in relation to, say, a child who uh, is conceived through sperm donation, for example, and, and many people would buy it online, as you pointed out yeah. as well. I mean, what is the, the legislation around that currently in Ireland at the moment, does that child at, say, 18 years of age have a right to find out who the donator of the sperm was? So who the biological yeah. father is, just in case they're interested or want to follow up yeah, on yeah. a family tree or a medical history or whatever it is, do they have the right to find out? Yeah, so and I suppose that's something that the, the CFRA Act last year put in place. They, uh, as part of that legislation, a donor registry was put in place. And going forward from May of last year, if anyone goes to an Irish clinic, they're only allowed to use what's called identifiable sperm donation, okay. which means that if a child is conceived as a result of that sperm donor, uh, those details will be passed to a, a national registry. And when a child turns 18, they can have access to that information. And I think everybody now, would, be, would agree with that. I say, for example, in my situation, I don't know who my father is. I have no idea, yeah. unfortunately, because yeah. I was born at a time where mother were put in, women were put into mother and baby homes. But yeah. I, I think for a lot of people, just the need to know. And it's not that they want to go off and hug them and kiss them and love them and have a relationship with them. No, it's, but it's the need to know, isn't it? Absolutely. And I completely understand that. And, and I would personally support that. You know, it is tricky because obviously this would apply to same-sex couples who access um, uh, donor sperm, it would apply to heterosexual couples, it would apply to single people who mm-hmm. want to become pregnant with a donor. Uh, the trouble with this is that um, there's no way to capture everything that happens. So that's only if it takes place in an Irish clinic. And as I'm sure you know, plenty of people travel abroad for treatment and that there would be no record of a donor as long as the female gives birth in Ireland, you know what I mean? It's it's an awful shame, you know, universally, when I say universally, that every country couldn't come up with some sort of agreement or certainly some unilateral agreement around the world when it comes to sperm donation, when it comes to surrogacy, when it comes to all these things that are happening in the world and the way the world is changing and evolving and society is changing. It's an awful shame we can't unilaterally just come up with legislation. I agree, and I agree. And do you know what? There's no jurisdiction that has it perfect. There's no place I would look to that says, that country has it down to a T when it comes to surrogacy. There's no place like that. There are countries that have really good processes, but there's nowhere that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just really important that we have something in place because at the moment we have nothing. You know, we've been talking about introducing legislation for surrogacy for two decades, since the year 2000, and nothing has happened. Because mm. I don't, I don't want a situation in twenty years' time when we look back at this like we do everything in this country retrospectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, went Jesus, why didn't we do something about that at the time? Yeah, and and that's what strikes me about this whole situation is that we're not dotting the eyes. We're not, you know, we're not doing yeah. what we're supposed to do right now at the proper time to deal with people in yeah. your situation and your children and your in that situation, and then to to look forward to you know what are the events of the future that we might need to do to to make sure that that's ironclad. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I think that anyone listening to this, you know, you can have your say and you can you can speak up and you can use your voice because the more people that get behind this as an issue, the more people that contact their local politicians and TDs and say, we want to see something done about this. What are you doing about it? Um, you know, we need to collectively get behind this as a nation the same way we did back in 2015 when we said yes. Um, and without that kind of public support, 
you know, this potentially could just be put on the back burner for years to come. And it'll be another mother and baby home or another Magdalene Laundry in 20 years' time where yeah. we regret that we didn't make the changes now and, and, and put that into legislation. Yeah. So, so yeah. if you're suggesting to people they talk to their local representative, what are you suggesting the legislation should now include? It should obviously include people who are born abroad as well. Um, yeah. And not just those who go to Irish clinics. But in what sense can we, can we get involved in that? Because if the problem is... When you're talking about children abroad, you're dealing with two different legislations. You're de- dealing sure. with two different countries that have different views, different legislations. That's going to be difficult, isn't it? Of course, of course. And do you know what? Up until recently, we didn't really have a clear pathway to that, but it's actually really exciting now. The government commissioned a report by Professor Connor O'Mahony, who is the Special Rapporteur for Children, and they asked him to compile a report and to make recommendations on what that piece of legislation should look like going forward. And he handed that report in last December. It was published early this year. And all of the recommendations that he makes in that report, um, you know, our organization, Equality for Children, other organizations like Irish Families Through Surrogacy, LGBT Ireland, other kind of groups that have a, have a vested interest in this, we're all fully in support of that, that report and those recommendations. So really, it's, it's, I know it's not simple, but in a sense, it is. It's as simple as taking that report and saying, yes, we agree with this um, specialist on child protection um, on what the recommendations are for what this piece of legislation should look like. And we need them to take those and adapt them into an assisted human reproduction bill, which is on the program for government. So, yes, it is technical. It is very, you know, it's a lengthy process. But it can happen and we just we need them to do it. Um, so what I'd say to people listening is we do have a template for a letter to your local TDs on our website, equalityforchildren.ie. People can literally copy and paste and send it out. It just takes a couple of minutes. The more letters, the more emails, the more pressure that is put on, the more likely it is that something will happen. All right, well, look, if people want to go to it, it's equalityforchildren.ie if you want to get that template and send it to your local representative and uh, help everybody move this legislation on. And hopefully in the future, certainly some maybe some unilateral legislation will come in across the world uh, and make it easier for everybody to access legislation and to access the rights that they should have. Listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air to talk about it. And good luck to you and your partner, and or should I say your wife, and also your two <laughs> children as well. All right, thank th- you so much. Thank you very much indeed, Renee. Thank you. Take bye. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.